Hi, I'm Marilee Albert, the founder of One Village Green, a mental health nonprofit. And you are listening to Wake Up. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last several years, you've seen something somewhere about the growing mental health crisis in our country, especially amongst our youth. Something is wrong. But what is causing this crisis? We will examine the problem and find solutions to improve our collective mental health. So let's put our heads together and let's find a way to a better future. Welcome back to part two with Katerina, my youth mental health outreach national coordinator. Katerina, thank you so much for part one where you shared your personal story. So if you haven't listened to part one, just go back and listen to it. In part two, we're going to talk about mental health and the school system. Uh, Katerina and I both have experience in private schools. Me, as a parent, I did attend public schools growing up, but my kids attended private, but they have also attended public. Katerina, you've attended both as well. So she and I are going to talk about the pros and cons of public and private education for mental health. And then we're going to talk about what schools can do to improve the mental health of their kids. Um, I see my kids' schools really trying, but somehow, yes, they're trying. Some are trying more than others. Um, And then we're going to talk about social media and its effects on kids, the impact on mental health. And we're going to touch upon a bill that recently was quietly uh, dismissed in committee in the state Senate of California. And we're going to talk about this bill and addiction and social media addiction in children And another episode, we're going to uh, interview an advocate for the bill and talk about why it's an important piece of legislation and what we can do. Katerina, did you want to say something? Oh, no, I I just as as you were mentioning the fact that we're going to be discussing social media addiction and Mm -hmm. its effect on mental health. We're going to talk about it. We're about to get we're going to talk about it. So we're going to decide. Do we talk about that first or do we talk about the school topic first? Which would you prefer? Um, I say we jump into the school topic. Okay. And then, but we'll pace ourselves because I know we both have a lot we could say we about this. But the social media, though, is very important. So. I think so, too. Yeah. I think social media is really, really a valid topic for mental health because yeah. since around 2007, around the time of social media's ascent, we've seen a, a tremendous decline in oh our my kids' God, yeah. mental health. Sometimes I wonder if it's as part of it is as simple as like when I was a kid, I was out riding my bike all the time. I was outside in the sunshine. I grew up in California. And I'm like, hey, being outside and moving around actually improves everyone's mental health. Right. Even just something as simple as that. But yeah, of course, it's a lot more complex than that. Of course, it's a lot more complex. But I also will add that with social media, Mm -hmm. you can see what everyone your age is doing, where everyone is. I mean, it really sort of strips you of autonomy um, oh it's just terrific and you know tiktok Ugh. in terms of mental health and i mean not only is it addictive and not only does it like throw away people's days and hours but something not often talked about is the fact that tiktok encourages self-diagnosis of mental illness oh it's a big let's talk about that for a minute let's start with the social media yeah, okay we'll start let's with the t- there's so many facets let's talk about right now what you just said first. Yeah, it's a huge, huge issue. And I, I know that statistically, psychologists have seen a spike in the amount of children who believe 
that they have, you know, a bunch of diagnoses or have self-diagnosed. From TikTok? From TikTok. Explain to me how that yeah, leads well, to self-diagnosis. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of accounts on TikTok that list off criteria for various mental health disorders and a lot of a lot of these criteria, it's easy to see yourself in them, but you really, really cannot diagnose yourself. Uh, you need a professional. And what's really interesting is specifically with Tourette syndrome, for some reason, there's a lot of TikTok users who have Tourette's or fetishize it or like Ooh. talk about it. And I know this sounds crazy, but the, now there's a whole uh, stream of adolescents who believe they have Tourette's or have inherited various tics and it's become sort of sensationalized and popular which is so bizarre so bizarre um and i know that a lot of people via tiktok believe to have adhd there's you know, also those narcissism checklists narcissism checklists and, and sociopathic checklists yeah and, and bipolar checklists. bipolar checklists and and i've seen a bunch of them tiktoks that say you know, if you have an obsession with someone or really, really love someone, it's called having a favorite person and it's a symptom of borderline personality disorder. And I've had many friends say to me, God, I think I might have borderline personality disorder or gee, like I'm so scared I have it because simply because they've seen a TikTok that says if you have a favorite person, what this is a a, just a favorite person. Yeah, or, or someone like you that you can't obsessed? live without. Oh, that you can't. Because, so if you're in love and you can't live without someone, that makes you a borderline personality? Well, it is It is a symptom of the disorder, but by is no it? means is this single attribute an indicator of having borderline personality disorder, which right. is a very serious disorder and right. not something you know, you should strive to have. Yeah, that's right. Having one or two attributes of a disorder doesn't give you the disorder. Right. I mean, that's uh, obvious. And then, of course, nobody can self-diagnose. Nobody. Nobody. And don't don't kid yourself. You can't either. Whoever's listening who thinks they can, you can't. You can't. None of us can. No. It, it's also interesting with TikTok because it's so new. We mm-hmm. don't really know the extent of its effects on people's mental health, although they're beginning to emerge and they're definitely adverse side effects. Right. But we can even go back to let's let's talk about Instagram for a minute. Yeah. You know, I have an issue with people presenting these beautiful lives on Instagram and other people having to compare themselves. I find it offensive. You know, the parents that are trying to teach their kids not to do it. You know what these parents are doing? They're doing it like I'm going to show you my really fabulous birthday party I had last night that you weren't invited to. I always take screenshots of these and show it to my other friends. And I say, this is what parents are doing. How are the kids going to learn? Don't post your fun times. Try not to. I'll tell you why. Because you're going to make people feel bad. It's really very simple. Also, if you're out there having such a fun time, why do you have to prove it to other people? Well, and and let's just say that you do want to prove it to other people. How about don't? Because (laughs) let's just say you really want to. Here's a thought. Somebody wasn't invited. Somebody else is at home being lonely. They don't have friends to invite to a birthday party. Seriously, for real. Even if you're 40, 50, just think about it for a minute. Just stop for a minute and think about its effect on somebody who's lonely. Or maybe the one friend you didn't think to invite is scrolling through Instagram feeling left out. Because we tell our kids not to do it. And yet the adults are doing it, infinitely doing it without even thinking. And another thing that the kids are doing is presenting, I mean, not to mention the body image issue. They're beautiful bikini shots. Yeah, some some people do have beautiful bikini bodies and they're absolutely perfect. Other people are putting a bunch of filters 
it is so horrible. And yeah. it is having an effect on girls' body images. Yeah. Not just girls. I'm sure the boys, too. Oh, a thousand percent. So and don't I, do those either. I, I think people forget to bear in mind that you're only seeing the best that's right the best instances of people's lives right like no one's showing you like the screaming match the day before when the the dad was punching the teenager in the head (laughs) I have a friend I have friends who have these amazing pictures of their family like just they look like the most perfect family and then one time this friend of mine was telling me about an incident with the spouse and like one of the daughters and it's like oh I mean they have problems too because on Instagram this family looks perfect right and, you know, it does affect all of us. It affects me. I'm sensitive to it myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm yeah. an adult. I have maturity. Right. I don't have that teenage brain where, and you know. I, imagine it, you were born into a world like this. I mean, you have years of experience. Of nothing. Without yeah. social Oh, I know. Media. So imagine you understand if, who you are without it. But, oh, absolutely. I'm in this weird in-between where yeah. I was born into a world without it. Around um, what age did it all kind of start? It all Instagram. Start, I mean, iPhones came out when I was in second grade. So, you know, when I see toddlers walking around oh, with, with iPads, iPads I know. or a family out to dinner with toddlers just staring at a I screen, know. I want to vomit. It I know. really is sickening it's because it's that rough. child is learning. They're learning how people interact and what the world is like around them through a screen. That's right. I mean, but here's here's something I have thought of. Besides the fact that when I was a kid, if you wanted to do anything, you kind of had to move around. Even if you're playing Barbies, you kind of had to like move your arms, right? Just sitting is not good for your mental health. Literally, the physical act of sitting, they call sitting the new smoking. (laughs) So we're all sitting too much. So kids, get up and go outside. Because when you're outside in the sunshine, I don't care what you're doing, you're going to feel a little bit better, number one. Number two, stop comparing your lives. We promise you that those kids whose lives look perfect, their lives aren't perfect. And then also, the part where you're left out. I want to talk about the insidious nature of Snapchat for a minute. We've talked about Instagram. Forget about Facebook. That's for the oldsters. Let's not even bother with that one, even though, like, I'm on Facebook. But let's talk about Snapchat. Can I tell you how evil Snapchat is for a minute? First of all, these kids are following each other on Snapchat. They literally see where their friends are in the universe. Yeah. That's just wrong on every level. And it's not just a general level. location. You can see what house the person is. Yeah. Like, it's... It's uh, wrong on every level. Yeah. First of all, kids, stop following each other. Immediately just erase that feature off your Snapchat. Snapchat, if you're listening, <laughs> remove. That is really... <laughs> so creepy. It's so wrong on... So, now, I understand Life360. I understand a parent's anxiety. Yeah. Believe me, I tried all that. You know, my kids have figured out all how to get it off. But mm-hmm. we all want to know where our kids are. And I have empathy. I want to know where my kids are. I, we all have ways of finding our kids, whether it be the car has now the tracking and the iPhone tracking. But let's talk about Snapchat. Because the parents aren't going to be able to get on there. Because, they you know, Snapchat makes it impossible to sneak onto your kid's phone. Because when you look at those texts, there's immediately, oh, somebody saw the text. Mm-hmm. Oh, that must have been mom sneaking on the phone, right? So that's mm-hmm. already evil. But let's talk about those little avatars. Why mm. are the kids doing that to themselves? You know, I think it's it's one of those mob mentality things where, well, if everyone else can see where they are. And, you know, I want to join in okay, on that. Okay, that's a really big problem, yeah. and we need to stop that. Yeah. You need to get that word out to teenagers yeah. to stop, because that yeah. is seriously the yeah. boundary issues involved. You know, I had some talked to some teenagers recently, and they said, oh, my girlfriend is, I saw her go to this house, and I, wait a minute, why are you tracking your girlfriend on an app? Yeah. Can you imagine, wait, I was 25 once, I was 18 once, ain't nobody going to be tracking me. Mm-hmm. 
I would have done anything to keep from being tracked. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember sitting in my bedroom in high school after a breakup with an ex and just sitting on Snapchat for hours tracking. You were tracking the the relationship? Well, no, no, no. Just making sure, like, he wasn't going to another other girl. Yeah. Like, and it's. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, could he have blocked you from doing that? So. Does it have a feature where he could block you from tracking him? You can't discriminate between which of your friends on Snapchat can see where you are. So you're either completely visible. Can't you unfriend someone? Yeah, I, I can suppose. Can you block? Yeah, you can block people. And let me tell you, the amount of times I've blocked, unblocked, blocked. Right, right. Unblocked. Blocking, I mean, it's, like, and it's a control thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, first you block them because you're mad. And then, and you then get... you're like, wait, yeah. But I think another feature of Snapchat that's really insidious is the fact that all your messages disappear. And it encourages, you know, you you're like, okay, well, I guess... I'll send some scandalous photo of myself to some dude because he can't. But he can it. screenshot it. Yeah. Let's you, you not can, kid ourselves. Yes. You can take yes. a photo of your of, screen. You but, can screenshot it. But the person it. gets notified. If someone screenshots? Yes. That, that's a parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. If you screenshot Snapchat, the kid knows. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm troubled by this avatar tracking mm. thing. We need to remove that. That is. Deeply, deeply disturbing. Yeah. It's got to have a terrible effect on mental yeah. health. I was at my friend's house and my friend's kid was crying and um, she's like, said to her daughter, what's going on? She's like, they're all having a party. Yeah. And they didn't invite right. me. Right, like you see seven avatars right. all clumped together <laughs> yeah, in yeah, one house. Yeah. It's like, And you're not there. Yeah. That's actually really disturbing. Yeah. Now, how do you and get over that? I mean, you don't. I had the same. Uh, Did it happen to you? All yeah. Oh, it seven for sure happened like to me. And clustered it's at a house. Crushing. Wait, feeling. what happened? Tell me about it. I mean, there were just, there were multiple parties in high school where, you know, I'd go on a Snapchat just <laughs> aimlessly scrolling and I realize, wait, 20 people from my class are just in one house at the same time That's and horrible. I'm not there. Why don't you, you just know? go there? Right. I mean, I, and you could, but, you know. Why don't you just go over there? <laughs> no, seriously. But it's like, I could shouldn't. I, I could. You know, that's the creepy thing. Like, I see exactly where they are, but you shouldn't know when you're left out. I shouldn't. No, have, you should you not. Know, nobody needs to know. Nobody needs to know. Um, if I knew what I had missed in high school, right. I would. I, I never went out in high school. Right. I literally was like watching Love Boat. Right. It's Saturday night. If I n- could look at a phone and see the avatars all hovering together at some massive party, I don't know. I might not have cared. I, I was very alienated in high school. So in my case, not a good example. Yeah. But in college, that would have been really rough. Yeah. And I just think it's it's got to go. Yeah. I mean, can we get Snapchat to just remove that? Right. I mean. But no, seriously, it's very, very bad. No teenager needs to know where another teenager is. No. There's no safety thing no. that is involved there. And, you know, not just, you know, peers knowing where other peers are, but think about the implications for, like, safety of a child. Right, for safety. I mean, stalking. Right. Like, say you came across a really dangerous... Okay, let's say you're a 16-year-old girl. You're dating a dangerous 18-year-old boy. Okay, he turns 19. He's still a kid. He can show up anywhere you are, and it's happened to me. Can't you block them, though? You can block them, but I remember in high school I was at a concert. But if you block them, they can't track you. They can't track you if you block them. Right. You don't always know who's dangerous or not. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Could some stranger befriend you on Snapchat? Why would you take a friend request from a stranger? I mean, ideally you wouldn't, but, you know, someone can be under any username, so. They can make up a fake thing? Yeah. Do you have kids on Snapchat that you're, quote unquote, friends with that you don't know? It's possible. Is it I don't like Instagram where you can Snapchat anymore? You don't. Is it's, it Instagram no. like where you can set it to private or public or how does that work? Yeah, I think everyone's Snapchat is by default 
private and okay. that like you can't just befriend someone without their permission. So it's like Facebook. It's, it's Yeah, okay. it's like Facebook. But I know that in high school, I mean, people had like drug dealers through Snapchat. Oh, I know. We know about that. We do. Yeah. Um, but I remember I had on Snapchat a friend. Oh, no, not a friend. A guy who was a senior at my high school when I was probably a sophomore. And I was at a venue with some friends at a little concert. And he pulled up. He pulled up and came to see me. Uh, he showed up because he saw you on Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah, that's an actual problem. Yeah. I think Snapchat needs to remove that feature. I do, too. I, I, I know, think this is a responsibility I of Snapchat. I don't know how they get away with it. I mean, I remember I can't either. the I, day it was— impl- I remember—because for a while, Snapchat was just messaging. Okay. And I remember distinctly the day when that feature was implemented. Okay, what year was that? Maybe I was a freshman in high school. And I remember thinking— no way. There's no way. This is unreal. This is dystopian. There's literally not one upside to it except <laughs> harm to children. There isn't because if you need to know where someone else is, you can ask them and they can tell you. And I will just really quickly add there's a feature on Snapchat called My Eyes Only, which is basically a photo vault where you can put <laughs> scandalous photos. My Eyes Only. And you need to like have a special uh, passcode to access those photos. Oh, I'm sorry, Snapchat, but when you created that feature, what were you wh- what were you thinking was going to you're asking for people to take scandalous photos and stick them in their my eyes only folder. I yeah, mean, as if it's going to stay that way. As if it's going to stay that way, but also it was literally created for nudity, for drug photo. I mean like okay, wait, let let's speak directly to Snapchat. Yeah. Get rid of the avatar thing. Get rid of the avatar like, thing. Like automatically remove. And also, when someone reads a text, don't make it seem that they read it. Just let the parents get on there now and again. Come on. They need to know their children's mental health stuff. They, they need to know what's going on in their kids' lives. These kids hide out in Snapchat. The minute mom and dad are peeking into it, they know. And it's so unfair to the parents. And you say, well, don't let your kids have a phone. Okay, I'd like to see you keep yeah, a phone ridiculous. out of a 16-year-old's hands. But getting back to the social media, there's so many reasons why it's insidious. The comparing, the FOMO. Yeah, and it's like um, people say, well, just delete it if it's toxic yeah, to you. But the reality just delete is, it. Yeah. You can't unless delete it's it. obsolete tomorrow, yeah. you know other yeah. people have it. Cat's out of the bag. Cat's out of the bag. And Cat's out of the bag. You can't delete social You don't want to feel left out of a cultural moment in your, right. you know, like. There is something you brought up with Snapchat that is also really important. The drug dealing. I have a lot of anecdotal stories. Yes. One, one of the big problems right now with drugs and kids is the fentanyl in the drug system. Let's not kid ourselves, kids. Do not take a pill at a party. You don't know where that pill came from. I don't care if someone says it's a Xanax. Guess what? It might not be a Xanax. Also, you don't need Xanax. (laughs) Yeah, and even if you think you need Xanax, let's say you think you need Xanax, don't take the Xanax at a party. No. Don't go on Snapchat. Let's talk about what happens if you buy a bar, because see, I know the lingo. I'm super cool. A bar or a Xan on Xanax. Katarina, tell everybody what can happen to you. I mean, A... Not trying to scare you, but yes, we are trying to scare you. If you're buying drugs on Snapchat, you really have no idea where it's coming from. You're playing roulette. You're playing Russian roulette. Let's talk about what is likely to happen. I mean, if it's not laced with that, which it could be, and that's deadly. And then you're done. Goodbye. It's probably laced with something else. I mean, okay, let's talk about fentanyl for a minute. Yeah. Odds are good it'll be laced with fentanyl. And all it takes is a speck. Right, you're dead. One tiny speck. That's it. Um, One off. And it really wouldn't have been worth it at that. Anyone over 30 has tried Xanax. Yeah, it, it, you know, it calms you How down. How anxious are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I, 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 listen, do not buy drugs on Snapchat. Period. End of story. Don't do it. No. Fentanyl is in the drug system. 
It's in our drug system. It wasn't in the drug system 30 years ago. It wasn't in the drug system 20 years ago. But I think around Prince's death, do you remember what year he died? Yeah, that was 2016. He he had fentanyl in his system. Yeah. Um, I know through heroin, I think. Yeah. Come on, people. Do not go on Snapchat yeah. and buy drugs. Do you want to add to that, Katarina? Well, yeah. I mean, especially... If you really, really are itching for a specific drug, there are alternatives. I mean, I'm not like what? by any way, by any means. We're not endorsing. promoting drug no, use. No, no, no. Especially not if you're underage. But I know speaking personally, mm-hmm. a being of age to recreationally smoke pot. Right. We have stores. We have stores. If you're 21. That are vetted. Yes. I will say, though, if you're underage and you're going to. You're going to smoke pot. That's uh, right. We're not going to be able to stop a lot of kids. We're not going to be able to stop a lot of kids, but what we can do is make sure that they're getting safe drugs. Well, then how do they get it safely? Either through a parent, which I know, you know, not many parents would be willing to partake in that. Do you think parents should? I know it's a slippery slope, and I, I, like, caution to say yes. But I your opinion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think if you know the alternative is that your child is going to go on Snapchat and buy drugs from a random, I know... I did it in high school, and I am very grateful that I didn't run into any. You did it on Snapchat? Everyone I knew had the same Snapchat drug dealer, and it was this old man named Ray. Sorry, seriously? Yeah. and An old man named named Ray. Ray. And he would Snapchat you his menu. What was in the menu? Anything. Like Viagra was on the menu. Like literally. Viagra. (laughs) Who sees Viagra (laughs) when they're a teenager? I know. That's just crazy. Literally anything. Psychedelics. Ray might have been been getting legal stuff. And God bless him. He might not have killed anybody. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Ray might have accidentally killed many people. We don't know. Exactly. But you were getting weed from Ray? Yeah. Like, was it weed from the weed shop? Was Ray going it into atrium? It was weed atrium? from the weed shop, yes. See, I know the lingo. There's yeah. a place called Atrium. There is a place called Atrium. <laughs> <laughs> and was he, was he giving you weed that was in those sealed packages? Yeah. I think I was mostly getting edibles, which were like packaged gummies. Were they sealed off? They were sealed off. You okay? Here's, so you were getting edibles? I was getting edibles. And for me, I would always check that the back of the package had a California seal stamp, which... I'm positive could be, you know, replicated no, easily. No, I don't think he would bother. I think he's going in the weed shop, buying the edibles and upcharging you. Upcharging, yeah. So, like, how much would you pay for a package? Way too much. Looking like back, I'm like, what? what, was, what a package know, of edibles probably, is probably 25 I would or 30. pay, like, $50, you know. But you're paying an upcharge At that age, it's like, you know. If, Where do you get 50 bucks for an edible package? I would lie to my parents. I'd say, oh, shit, you know, I need to get Sarah a birthday present. Can I have some money for it? You know? Yeah, the parents are getting, I, I mean, I have so many friends like, God, I sent, I gave my kid 20 bucks to go to the mall. And then I was like, <laughs> where's the change from the mall money? And it's like, well, there was no change. It's like, really? The food was exactly 20. And then my friends are like, well, it turns out there's these drug dealers at the mall yeah. selling these kids fake carts. That's a problem. Yeah. And I remember even once telling my dad, oh, we need to pull over at this random address on the side of the road. I need to drop something off for a friend. I literally was, like, executing a drug deal. Wait, you chunked your dad? You were randomly... What parent would fall for that? My dad's very aloof. God bless him. Um, I know. Uh, but you're still here. You're I'm still, still alive. Here, you didn't take I'm, a mystery pill. I didn't take a mystery pill, though. The first big high school party I went to in ninth grade, I ate a big edible bar, which I had no idea what the effect would be, and I completely flipped out and started tripping. Oh, and no. another girl had alcohol poisoning so an ambulance ended up being called for her but i was so high that i tried to get into the ambulance because i thought it was there for me 
because I was like, it's not funny. I'm not <laughs> laughing. No, I mean, it's, it's funny now. Thinking what did you about get it. in the ambulance? No, I tried to, and they were like, "What is?" Because I, I was so. They probably should have taken you. Distressed. No, I, they should have. I mean, like, I had to be carried. Somebody back to carried some... you away, yeah. and they didn't take. you? I mean, I was like seeing things. I mean, why I, weren't you taken to I the hospital? Personally, cannot smoke weed because it. I I do break from reality. Like I a I have a vulnerability. Break. Yeah. And I have had a psychiatrist say to me, "Look, don't tempt fate because you might develop schizophrenia." So I'm I am not ever going to smoke weed again. I would Oh man. I would not uh purchase weed on Snapchat. Well, well look, I mean, look, we're talking about some people smoke weed comfortably and yeah. they don't have psychotic breaks, but I will say this, do not buy drugs on Snapchat. Period. Period. I don't care if it's weed, I don't care if it's um, carts for weed smoking vapes. Even or vapes, yeah. Vapes, because I have done my education. And again, for my nonprofit, I went to the weed shop to learn about weed because I'm a super nerd. I have to learn like, hello, I'm a nerd. I want to learn about weed. <laughs> and they were very helpful. <laughs> they told me a lot of interesting things. I learned about the different strains, uh-huh. you know, sativas for when you want to be awake and indicas if you want to sleep. I also asked them questions about the illegal drug use because... You know, I was worried about the kids. And this is really, really a great American tragedy, our mental health crisis. And not to mention opioids. Oh, yeah. And not to mention the opioid crisis, which, by the way, is also connected to fentanyl because a lot of our addicts are dying. Now, let's talk about fentanyl. Do not go on Snapchat and buy drugs, period. Do not. It's not worth it. Just don't do it. Not worth it. It's basically Russian roulette with a pill. Another thing you should not do is if you're at a party and someone hands you a pill, don't take it because Mm-mm. you don't know where that came from. Some kids are going to say, well, I go into my parents' medicine cabinet and I take their Advil. I mean, their, uh, their <laughs> Advil, their Xanax, their, their Clonopin. Okay, whatever. You know what? I can't stop you from doing that. It's best not to, but at least it's not off Snapchat. At least it's not a mystery pill. Yeah, and I will say if someone hands you a pill at a party, Ugh. people are not just trying to give good drugs away for free. No. Like, no one's like, you know, yeah, I'll just pass these out. Well, no. in fairness, they did do that in my day. They would hand you a, an ecstasy. For fun. Yeah, that's like a thing. I right. never did because I was always terrified. Like, well, what is this thing going to do to me? Yeah. But that was sort of a thing. Right. I don't know okay. if it still is a thing. In this and I mean, I'm sure it still is in, in some instances, but there's a lot of roofing. So. Right. And be careful with that too. And, you know, and then the whole thing, roof, speaking of roofing, don't leave your drink unattended. If you're going to drink, and again, don't drink and drive. There are so many ways that you can expire. <laughs> I mean, we got to keep you teenagers alive because there is a lot waiting for you. So you don't want to die in a car accident. That's a terrible way to go. So don't drink and drive. Don't smoke weed and drive. Mm-hmm. And don't order drugs from Ray. Now, Ray might have been a real stand-up guy who was only going to the weed shop and buying really legitimate things. Ray might have been getting um, his Viagra off the, you know, who knows where Ray was getting any of this stuff. Ray was getting Viagra from his doctor and then giving it to the kids. But it's horrible. And, you know, I've heard terrible stories about Snapchat demise of teenagers, 13-year-olds. There was an email that went out into the private school community over, I think it was Memorial Day weekend, where some kids took some tainted ecstasy and had brain damage. Let's not kid ourselves. Fentanyl is killing tens of thousands of Americans a year. It's the opioid crisis on steroids because it's opioids, but also fentanyl. And as Katerina said at the beginning of this episode, a tiny speck will kill you. A cop opens up a trunk of a car with fentanyl in it, 
they can die because they're breathing the fumes. In fact, oh, the the powder, and they have to keep. Is it Narcan? They have, and they have to keep those shots. And everyone for should be trained in how to administer Narcan and deal with a potential overdose. Right, and these poor parents. I mean, I can barely sleep at night just knowing all the terrible things that are out there. Um, I have teenagers. I mean, it's just uh, the the amount of lecturing I try to give my own kids and just drives them crazy. <laughs> we only have a few more minutes, but yeah. I want to get to a couple other things. Let's talk about, we're probably going to have to do the school thing on another topic, but yeah. before we move on to the social media bill, I do want to make one mention of the school topic. Katerina and I both have really strong opinions about school and where mental health fits in. That's going to have to be a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we want to ask you too, like anybody that has thoughts on this, what is the school's relationship to mental health and what is their responsibility? I actually think it's very, 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 very important that they partake in the responsibility of these kids' mental health because they've got these kids from 8 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, five days a week. They have authority over the children. Yes, it is key and it's important and the schools need to do stuff. Now, they are trying to do some stuff. My kid's public high school has a wellness counselor. They have regular counselors. They have academic counselors. And you want to hear something amazing? They have this thing called Counseling 360. This is the Las Virginas School District, which I highly recommend to anyone. It's an amazing school district. They have counselors that adults, the parents can call and just whine to for half an hour. And they will listen to you. I had a wonderful time chatting with them over the pandemic. They were amazing. And I'm telling you, Katerina, it was free. Have you heard about this? No. Now you're feeling a little jealous. She's going to move to the furniture. When she has kids, she's going to move out there. Let's talk about really quickly private school. What are some of the pitfalls, Mm. mental health pitfalls of private school? Well, I mean... What separates it out from public? Yeah, I mean, beginning with the fact that they don't have any concrete regulations that they need to adhere to. I mean, private schools... They don't? They have academic regulations, don't they? Loosely, yes. Okay. I know that private schools can sort of, like, create their own especially surrounding mental health. I, I don't believe that they have any regulations. No, not around mental follow. health. I think you're right. Um, they do only academically. Academically, yeah, of course, there's standards that they need to reach versus I know public school has, you know, state enforced mental health regulations and services. They do? They do. I, I and that's that. not to say that they're necessarily effective and they're definitely under-resourced and that's Absolutely. a whole other issue. That's right. Um, personally speaking, though, the high school I attended, which was private, yeah. we had one counselor. Wait, what? And get this. So she had attended our high school and I guess always just stuck around. We had one counselor and there was a very big scandalous issue in that she would gossip and share with others things that children told her. And so you've got to be kidding. me! I only went in to see her once. Right. And like she gossiping and sharing too. Fellow students, staff, uh, anyone that anyone that would listen. Wait, and, and why so was, what? this was a huge it was a huge issue because okay. a girl would go in and say, look, I have an eating disorder. I'm really struggling. She would then share with someone else. Look, do you know Emily has an eating disorder? I'm not kidding. That's, that's, what ended up happening was she would leak to one person the details of someone else's sex. life. I mean, it was what? insane. Yes. I know it sounds unreal, it's but insane. it was real. And you went to see her once, you said? I went to see her. I mean, looking back, it is absurd that I saw this woman once when I think about what I was struggling with, but I didn't trust the resources Why we didn't had. they stop her? My theory is that she had been employed for so long at this school that she knew so much. I mean, there was a lot of she corruption. Knew bodies were buried. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of corruption. There were a lot of secrets. And the administration had a lot that was better left unsaid for their own 
reputations. And so I think that getting rid of her was out of the question. But all the students... Did the parents complain? Oh, I'm sure. Wait, sorry, why were you saying this? No, I mean, we all knew what was going on and there was a big boycott. I mean, no one wanted to speak to this woman because you'd tell her one confidential tidbit and then it was no longer confidential. Yeah, but that alone, that's the end. Goodbye. You would assume. I mean, my head of school very openly slept with a student. Wait, what? A student? Mm -hmm. A a teenager? mm -hmm. That's statutory. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not statutory. That's actual. It was like a month after she graduated. Openly? I mean, students talk. We you said very openly did it. Not not the head of school. No, I didn't. You mean the girl bragged or was it a boy? It was a girl. I don't think she bragged, but her little sister was in my grade. And so obviously it spread like wildfire. She turned 18? She was 18. And she slept with the headmaster? No, no, no. The dean. Yeah. So, so the dean, but of the, I, uh, the dean of the high school. The dean of the high school. And the reason I mentioned this is... The little sister told you? The little sister told me. It was no surprise. This man was very creepy. But the reason I say this is I like to have... And I think it's a specific issue in private schools. Adults that are, you know, supposed to be trusted adults and are supposed to be, you know, looking out for... Well-being. The well-being or, or like, functioning in the best interests of students oftentimes abuse those positions. And... um, What happened? Well, I don't want to take up time too much time, but I told my my father about this, uh-huh. and he was close with our principal. And he mentioned it to him. He said, look, I would look into this guy's up to no good. The next day, I got called out of class into a room the dean was in and asked if I was having sexual affairs with him, which I obviously wasn't, but oh. they had assumed when my dad complained that he was speaking about his own child. That's bizarre. And that they would assume that. Right. And so I was... It was very distressing. Um, Uh, That is absolutely bizarre. But the point of what I'm saying is that our single high school school counselor, which, first of all, there should have been more than one because the amount of support. To be fair, it was a tiny school. I think there were 70 kids in my grade. So the high school probably had 280. 280, Okay, but one counselor for 300 kids is not enough. It's not enough. No. And I think... It, it needs to be strictly enforced that counselors abide by, you know, ethical oh, you guidelines. Think? You think? I think, yeah. But I think an issue at pr- any private school is people talk. It's uh-huh. a tiny community. That's right. Everyone wants to know everyone's business. I mean, yeah. it's really hard to contain people's mental health issues. Well, and, and you know, and that happens in public school, right? Because yeah. there's gossip. But like you said, public schools have regulations. And here's my uh, issue with private. Is everybody treated the same, Katarina? No. Exactly. And that is really... They're corporations. Right. And I am so troubled by that, that I've brought it up at different private schools that I've had my kids at, and um, they deny it. You know, they'll say, well, everyone's treated the same. The answer is no, Mm -hmm. they're not. And until the schools have a system Mm -hmm. of ethics in place from the day the parents arrive... Mm-hmm. Where, again, private schools are also raising money in addition to charging a massive amount of tuition. Mm-hmm. Now, there are scholarships. Some kids are there on scholarship, for but sure. But they're not treated the same way. They're they not. say they are. The school officially will say, I know. The school officially says the kids are all treated the same. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the parents and the children all have experiences where that is not true. Yeah. And another problem with private is that, for example, let's talk about discipline. It's all treated differently. They think it's great. Oh, we take each case as it comes. 
Well, that's actually a problem. At least in public school, every case is treated the same. Yeah. Okay, so like say you have a kid caught vaping at a public school. Every kid who's caught vaping is treated the same. Right. We'll be subject to the same consequence. Right. But, but in I, private school, that's not the case. It's not the case. And I was on our honor council in high school, which what? was a group of students who sort of acted as like a panel of judges. If What? I, and had student the final judges. say Lovely. On, on expulsion. And, Lovely. And, students, and, students deciding on expulsion. Right. Okay, let's talk about that. tribunal. And so... Wait, there's a student tribunal. That yeah. is terrifying, and first of all. <laughs> what was crazy was, and I... I won't get into who it was, but we had a lot of celebrities at our school and there was a son of a very, very well-known singer who had broken a lot of rules. I won't. Okay. And we sat in a circle and the one teacher on staff in this tribunal said, look, the reality of the situation is they are a very important family at this school. They donate a lot of money and we really, really, really benefit from their participation and I knew in that moment this was not just an unjust and really broken system but that had this child been literally anybody else anybody else he would have been gone in a second and he wasn't gone he wasn't gone they didn't they didn't get rid of him and he wasn't gone and he he was actively preying on females I mean it was a really horrible situation drawing swastikas on things I mean horrible situation That's really an awful thing um, to hear. he never got expelled he never got. Ex- I mean, I'm sure. That, no, I think he like had some suspension. I mean, he faced some. But he never got expelled. But he never got expelled, and he should have gotten expelled. And I just like. Oh, that's horrible. I think in that this is specific to L.A. private schools, but the element of fame. Yeah, there's that L.A. New York thing, the fame. Yeah. Oh, I will give my kids' school a credit. I'm going to do a shout out to their school. They have expelled famous people's kids, and I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, they have, and they and in fairness, kudos. Yeah, kudos to them. They don't have a bunch of teenagers deciding things either, which that's disturbing. (laughs) My problem with private schools, too, is like, for example, a parent goes in to complain about something. A parent who donates complains versus a parent who doesn't donate complains. I don't know. Are they treated the same? Officially, perhaps they say they are. Unofficially, perhaps they aren't. That is, again, a very particular issue regarding private versus public. Although there are many, many beautiful advantages to private schools, such as smaller classes, caring environment. Um, my kid learned Mandarin at his private school. And if a kid's <laughs> struggling, it's That's right. much more noticeable. Right. It's easier to yeah. slip through the cracks in a public school That's right. where you're, you like are anonymous. Right. Basically. You know, and then some of these private schools have amazing things that they offer. Like my kids' elementary school was beautiful. You know, and they do have financial aid for kids that really, really are going to get this sometimes a really remarkable education uh, with financial aid. So we're going to say there's a lot of wonderful things about private school. But now we're hitting the end of episode two with Katerina. I think we're going to have to do episode three. Yeah. Okay. Katerina is going back to New York to college, but that's the magical world of. Uh, <laughs> We don't even need to be in the same room. Katarina and I are in the same room, but we actually don't even need to be. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.